Welcome to this episode of Game on Girl, where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. Today, we'll be reviewing Swordsman, the new free-to-play MMORPG from Perfect World Entertainment. Meeples and doodles and dice, oh my. We'll continue our summer game recommendations based on your destination of choice. Before we start today's show, I would like to send some hearty good vibes to Uzi Suzuki, a longtime friend of the show. She was in a car accident recently and is recovering from some pretty bad injuries. All of us here at Game On Girl hope you have a speedy and complete recovery. Please keep in touch and let us know how you're doing. Game on, Uzi. Game on, Uzi. So stay tuned, and we're glad you're listening to Game On Girl. This week, Rhonda and I are going to discuss the new free-to-play MMORPG from Perfect World Entertainment, Swordsman. This epic MMO is inspired by the novels of Louis Cha and is set in the Ming Dynasty. We're going to talk about avatar development, graphics, gameplay, group play, story, and the basic game interface. So before we get started, Rhonda, with all our details and our analysis of those different areas, what was your overall first impression of the game when you started it up? Immediately, my very first impression was um, very, very good. Uh, I, I started making notes immediately, and I started thinking, you know what, this is what Diablo 3 should have been. Mm, yeah, so kind of the the based on what 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 like led you to like connecting it to Diablo three? Um, well, the the play and the uh, third person perspective mm. and the fighting, all of that was very much like Diablo. Okay. Um, but of course, it's got the uh, more impressive graphics. Yes. It's a little more advanced uh, graphically. It had some really good smooth uh, gameplay. Uh, the introduction introduction at the beginning of the game, avatar development, and um, I was just having a whole lot of fun getting started mm-hmm. in those first cutscenes in the world. Yeah, I agree. My my first impression was also very positive. I I was like, wow, this is really cool, and the aesthetic is so different from you know usually MMOs are fantasy based. So to have like a kung fu. Mm-hmm. Um, MMO, I thought, oh, this is brilliant. This is really great. And nice theme. Yeah, it's a nice theme, and it's you know, and it had some you know, um, some really great uh, landscapes and look, and the feel of the game was was really appealing. Mm-hmm. And so I liked that right away. That was my first sort of thing, and I liked the the cutscenes that you start out with, and kind of the way the story begins to unfold. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, I loved. The opening cutscene has got my character in it. Yes. And that is just so fantastic. Yes. I was like, oh, oh, that's her. That's yeah, her. Exactly. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, that was really nice touch where you can kind of just jump in and you're immediately seeing your avatar in place. That is that is really 
it does give you that, especially if you're a self gamer, it definitely gives you that, oh, look, there I am. I'm actually part mm-hmm. of the story as opposed to the cutscene being from your point of view. So they don't have to show your avatar or, you know, all the other different ways they kind of get around that. So that was really, that was really nice. So let's start with, with avatars. Let's start about, you know, avatar uh, creation. What, what did you think of their, of their engine to create the avatars? Um, very impressive. Um, there is, uh, it would be nitpicky to come up with a couple of things that yeah. I have to complain about. Um, it's extremely thorough. Um, it all, it's also very equitable. Yes. The um, male and female characters both start off with equitable, equitable costumes mm-hmm. and uh, they're represented pretty equally. Um, there were no selections for eye color. Mm-hmm. Um, that seemed a little odd. Um, well, there I, were... I think that I think that that's because I thought the same thing. I was like, why can't I have blue eyes? <laughs> yeah. And there were no selections for short hairstyles, but I'm thinking that may be part of their um, adhering to um, authenticity. Mm-hmm, I agree. I, I think it's the same. The eye color and the the yeah. hair selections. I think were both staying true to the era of the game. Yeah, they they make that um, a very strong point that they're emphasizing um, authenticity mm-hmm. and especially to the story. So, like I said, that would be nitpicking because the, the diversity and the extensiveness that you can develop your avatar is just wonderful. Yeah, it is. Like you can you can change every aspect. It's it's Eve has a similar um, uh, engine for creating avatars, uh, where you can literally like move your eyes and you know mm-hmm. you know change the jaw the jawline and the 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 cheeks. Uh, and I always love that. I, I love that that level of detail that you can go into. I generally don't mess around with it that much because I don't really need to be that directed. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> But it's nice that you have the option. And there were options for body size too, right? Yes. Because I went back in to experiment when I when I started evaluating the game um, the way that we do on the show, which mm-hmm. is to do with um, sex representation. I got to wondering, you know, I wonder if it's possible to have a female character that's taller than a male character. Uh, because when the initial base characters are presented, male and female, the male is taller. Right. And I'm like, I wonder if it's possible. And it is. You, you can make a, a female character taller than a male character. So Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah that's good. Very good. That's very good. And we already mentioned the graphics a little bit. Yeah. Um, very impressive. Um, beautiful color and detail. Um, they're just, a, they're a lot of fun to look at. They are a lot of fun to look at. The animations are a lot of fun to look at, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the vibrant color. Again, I, I'm probably going to contrast this to fantasy MMOs a lot, but that's because that's where I've played MMOs mostly. Um, and to have the kind of um, rich colors and, and more vibrant colors than you generally see in an MMO was really nice. Yeah, the scenery the scenery's gorgeous. They've got some beautiful, um, beautiful sets where um, the, the towns and the different mm-hmm. uh, stories go on. It's, it's a lot more involved uh, with a lot of detail and everything, but I really didn't have that much trouble keeping up with my character. Mm-hmm. I got lost a lot, a lot. What do you mean you got lost? You lost your character in the scenery or you got lost on the map? No, I got lost on the map. Oh, okay. Yeah, I couldn't me find too. myself a lot. I, I don't, I never really got the hang of the layout of the main city. 
uh, running around it. And and finally, oh, we'll talk about this more when we get to gameplay, but that option where you can just click the little link and it will take you where you need to go. Yeah. I use that a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's pretty much all I use. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, going on into gameplay then. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That was that was interesting option. The fact that you could uh, click essentially on a link to your quest location. So uh, you would automatically your character would just start running. Your mount would come out and you would head off into you know to wherever you were going, and it would stop when you were at the the location for your quest. Yeah. Um, and it was that was a very streamlined um, way to go. <laughs> extremely <laughs> maybe a little too <laughs> much yeah <though. laughs> well it, it i never got the impression that there was more than um one storyline going on yeah i don't i don't think there is it was that was one of the things that i was i was kind of curious about as well it really seemed like it was one quest to the next to the next it felt very much on rails like you you were just running the track yeah. One place and, to the next. I mean, I wanted to know where I was at and what town I was in. I wanted to wander around and get to know everything and to learn stories about the area. But for some reason, the, the, the way the gameplay was put together, I didn't feel um, free or driven to do that. I didn't feel that way either. In fact, I, I feel like that, that rail took a lot of my curiosity about yes. the the place away. And and I, I ended up getting bored very quickly because I would just keep clicking um, mm-hmm. to, to get through to the next place. And when I did try not to click and tried to kind of run and find it on my own, uh, even when I had like arrows pointing me in the directions, I was still disoriented. And like I said, I couldn't get the hang of the map even when I was running around on my own. Um, yeah. And that left me not wanting to try to yeah, do that. Exactly. Yeah. The as beautiful as the scenery is, I I didn't I was having trouble finding landmarks mm-hmm. and yeah, notable exactly. notable places where I could figure out where I was at. Yeah, it blended. Uh, it, it there was there was so much yeah. There was so much detail, perhaps, on the buildings and and on every building that that it was hard to differentiate, you know, which one you were standing at and, you know, what door. I tried to go back to, like, the first tavern that you land in. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to get back there, and I was like, I have no idea what door I came out of. Like, I can't tell which one's a door to go into something and which one's not. And there was a lot of areas that were null that just weren't you know they weren't doors that you went into and I must have run up to like three of them trying to get back Mm. into that tavern and I was like "Mm -hmm," about this part so was the um was the responsiveness of the graphics pretty good for you some in in, at sometimes yes and at sometimes no uh there was one point where my mount was walking through the steps it was supposed to be going up oh yeah. <laughs> oh, so I'm like looking at my horse and my horse is in and the steps are kind of, you know, through the horse's body. Well, like... what type of uh, game control did you choose? Because one of the one of the things that's really great mm-hmm. is that Swordsman just gives you a huge amount of customizable gameplay yep. options. Absolutely. The flexibility with how you control your avatar. Outstanding. And Neverwinter was the same way. Um, mm. They had the same controls in Neverwinter. Um, I selected the open uh, controls. 
because they were more, most familiar to me from other MMOs that I've played. Where and, and what does that involve? You're 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 walking with your W A S and D, okay. and you're directing where you're going with your mouse. So you can you can walk and like turn the camera as you're walking. So you can kind okay, of keep you going. And, and I'm used to being able to do that and having that flexibility. I had tried um, at first, oh, God, whatever the middle um, mm-hmm. option was. I can't remember which one goes and which what the order of them was. But I couldn't figure out how to, like, make myself go <laughs> with that one. Yeah. So I had to go to the open. Which one did you select? Um, I selected where you could use the mouse to tell your character where to go, which mm-hmm. was what was familiar to me in Diablo. Oh, so you just hold it, you click and hold it and it runs the direction your uh, mouse is. All you have to do is click once. Oh. And the character would run there. Okay. Um, it would put down a, a little highlight point and then your character would run to that point. I see, I see. Um, because I'm just not quick enough with the, um, the keyboard, the WSD mm-hmm. keyboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, I ran into the same kind of situation though. There was a, situ- a place where I left like the city walls came down some stairs and went over a bridge, which basically was kind of over a moat. Mm -hmm. And I was out in the forestry area. And so I wanted to go back in. So I am on the forest side of the bridge. I click on the steps of the city and she goes directly into the moat and starts swimming, (laughs) which I just, I found hilarious. Cause I, you know, I clicked on land, right. But because she took an, a to B. Right. She took graphic, it direct. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that, funny. that if, you, if you're going to add that much customization. Um, it should be responsive enough. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. if you've got an endpoint. Right. Um, the, 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 the screen should be mapped such that the character doesn't go to a dead end. Yeah. So. Did you have any trouble hitting items? Oh, gosh. That was... I, I couldn't figure whether I was picking stuff up or not. Uh, yeah, the picking stuff up, that was another, they had a shortcut. So just like you have the the thing that you can click, which I actually thought was kind of useful, when you run up to a, a quest giver or a person you're supposed to be talking to for a quest, a little box pops up in the lower mm-hmm. right-hand corner of the screen, and you just click that to move the quest forward. Um, it's the same thing when you're picking up items, yeah, when you're fighting, it's that same little thing. But what's weird is that you have to be within a certain range in order yes. for it to recognize that it's there for you to pick it up. So if you're fighting a mob and you get out of range of you know an item, you won't know that you have an item to pick up because the little square won't pop up again. Right, right. So that was kind of weird. But there was one quest where I had to break open some boxes, some like crates. Uh-huh. And I realized that the actionable part of the crate was only the lid. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So to hit it and to open it, I couldn't, like, I was clicking on it, you know, with my um, my right, right mouse click to hit my, like, basic attack to blow up the, the crate at the, like, on the side of the crate. And I'm clicking and I'm clicking and I'm clicking and I'm clicking and I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> why, why can't I do this? And I ran up to it. I'm like, well, maybe I need to run up and hit it. Maybe it's something like in the quest that, you know, you have to kung fu kick it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then when I did that, my mouse went over the top of one of the boxes oh. and it lit up and I'm like, oh, okay. So you have to, like, aim at the top of the box. Yeah. And I thought that was a little odd. 
Yeah, I don't remember that part. I think I just busted the boxes. <laughs> it could be. You might have been better with the just exploded everything with the kicking than I was. So, well, did you do any group play? I did not do any group play. I didn't engage in sort of the MMO of this. I didn't. I had just enough time to jump in and kind of get. I got to about level fifteen. Um, okay. So I got. I, w- I wanted to get through it, so I had at least a, a decent sense of the game, and um, I didn't get a chance to do any group play. Did you do anything? I I didn't see the need for it. Yeah, I mean, there was never. That's true. There was never a situation. I mean, there was one night when. Um, me and my husband were trying to get together and play and we could not figure out why we couldn't become each other's friends. And then we finally figured out that we had to be in the same city to do it, which was weird because I thought we were in the same city and we weren't. So that just shows how disoriented I was. Um, But I never found the need to have to be in a team for any reason. And all of the challenges required individual successes so even when we were together um it would say you know you have to kill five henchmen we each had to kill five henchmen oh so you couldn't even like if your group together didn't share it it didn't seem to be i mean i could never get it to work out yeah because that's usually um usually in an mmo if you have you know killed 10 henchmen or whatever you yeah. kill five, you know, somebody else in your group kills five, you both get the 10 taken care of. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that one could of have the... been a failure on our part, but still yeah. the, running around, I, I just never felt the need to, you know, I can't wait until I yeah. get a group together and we can fight this. And I mean, yeah. I, I played past level 20 and it, it, I mean, I would think at some point that that the story would kick in and I would, I would want a guild. Yeah, I, I think, I, I don't know, I, I was reading some other um, opinion pieces on it, and I think that group gameplay, I think, is is in the later levels. I'm not really sure. It becomes more important when you get into the gameplay at the end of the game. It did seem, and I don't know if you noticed this too, but I noticed that it kept saying things like, so-and-so just killed a sheep in this area. Yes. And I wasn't sure... Because I found some aspects of the gameplay kind of disorienting in how they were introduced. If that was a location event type thing where you can go and kind of jump into a battle that's taking place Hmm. that everybody can do. Because they do that in um, Rift. That was was a gameplay mechanic in Rift. And it was in uh, Guild Wars 2 where there would be localized events and it would announce to you, oh, this event is going on right now. And right. then you could run over and participate in it. Right. And I wasn't sure if that's kind of what was going on with that. I thought it might be because they were announced kind of headline-like in the middle of the screen. Um, so it made me think that that was like some kind of option. But I could never figure out from the context of that announcement what was going on or what was happening with it. Yeah, I, I just, I think that if I was going to do, enjoy the game as an MMO, that yeah. I would want to <clears throat> do group play before the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you actually get into, you know, how to be in a, in a group and such. Yeah. Well, we've touched on the story just a little bit. Um, what did you, uh, what did you think of the story? Uh, I love the cutscenes. I, I really loved the fact that it would kind of jump in and that there was that kind of story and that it was your avatar and that your avatar changed yeah. like what your clo- what clothing you were wearing and your gear as you sort of grew into the character. Um, I thought it got a little disjointed. It was really kind of hard. There were so many instanced story events 
Um, and I don't know if this happened to you, but that option where you can change how you control your keyboard when you hit control, like you, you, you have to hit control to be able to click on the your bag and whatever right. menu, right. right, on the side. So you have to kick, click control to turn the control so you can click on the screen. Um, every time you go into a cutscene, it would take that control off. Yeah. And if I didn't remember that, <laughs> the cutscene would end and the fighting would begin and I would be like, what's going on and why can't I click on things? And I would have yeah. to go, oh, okay, I have to hit control to start this up again. So that was... That ended up making the story more disjointed for me because I was constantly in the state of, okay, am I ready? So, yeah. And there was one uh, uh, battle that I, I found kind of confusing in the early. So you're, you're chasing after the guy who is like one of the guys who's killed everybody in your mm-hmm. town, right? right? And then there's all these masters, like the 10 masters of the 10 different schools. Right. And they all send you their chi so you can fight him. Right. I don't understand that. <laughs> oh. Like in terms of a story, like I understand, you know, the, you know, they charged you with their chi and you were super powered. I got that. But I don't understand why they chose to do it that way. Do you know what I just, that makes sense? Um, well, I guess I'm not sure, but. Um, you I know, know the scene I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. Um To me, there was just a lot of confusion about the story. It was a lot of information. And everybody should know um, a couple of things. Number one, all the voicing is in Mandarin. Yes. And so... Which was awesomely disorienting. (laughs) Yes. All the cutscenes, everything is in Mandarin. Yeah. Um, So if you are trying to keep up with the story, you're trying to keep up with the maps, the quests, the characters, the dialogue, you have to read everything. You have to read everything, which I actually thought was kind of cool because I am notorious for not reading quests, like notorious for not reading what's going on and just like running off and like figuring it out as I go. So it really forced me to slow down and read. Which was see, I just couldn't keep up because the the dialogue um, was going so quickly. Mm-hmm. I couldn't read everything and fight. It was just I, I eventually I was just all I was doing was clicking the destination link, going there and fighting, and I I couldn't even keep up with the story anymore because yeah. it was just it was just too much to keep track of. It was yeah. Just, um, I read really fast, so I generally, I guess. Oh, at least I've been told that in times when I've played games where you had to read things and I yeah. finish them quicker than other people could. So I wonder if that was a bit of an advantage for me in that. I think it was because I'm a, a slow reader because mm-hmm. I sit and I absorb and I, I you know, I'm muddle and me- meander in my words. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was interesting. The 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 Mandarin um, overdubbing was was somewhat disorienting, and it did make the story kind of difficult to follow. I just found the number of cutscenes and kind of jumping back and forth between cutscenes and instant stories and the game and the MMO aspect. There was just too much. Yeah. <laughs> there was too much jumping between those three things for me. Yeah. You couldn't go in and just kind of like you know go and do a couple of quests, it actually made me miss, you know, 
early the early days of World of Warcraft where you could pick up like 10 quests that were like in the same general area. Yes, exactly. And just run around and do them. And and you yep. could do whatever you wanted to do and kind of go back and forth and then you got your profession and then you could, you know, if you were, you know, into herbs, you were picking flowers and stuff as you're running around and, and that kind of... Open and that's world. a training situation, right? Because you're learning the environment, you're learning the map, right. um, you're learning who you go to to talk to right. things. Which Swordsman tried to do at the beginning, but they introduced a challenge right in the middle of all that, and so I I lost the training. Right? Yeah, I I had that issue too, where I just kind of like all of a sudden was like, where? What's going on with this? So, yeah, and. I think that the last thing when um, we talk about basically the um, the GUI, we've talked about the, how the keyboard, how you control the keyboard. Mm-hmm. But as far as the the real estate and what they do with on the screen, I think I think is done really well. I mm-hmm. think it's um it's very surprising how much information that they make available to the player. Uh, and and really conserve their real estate on the screen so that you get mostly gameplay and graphics on your screen. Um, but it it was really difficult to to understand how to do some things. They just mm-hmm. weren't intuitive. Oh, I didn't absolutely. know how to do stuff. Yeah. And every time that 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 icon popped up, like you were mentioning, to pick up items. Yeah. That pops up in pretty much the same spot on mm-hmm. the screen every time. But I'm. I rarely got the same icon twice. There was a different icon popping mm-hmm. up there all the time for yep. something. I was like, what is that yeah, one there's for? like six different things that, that happen in that one space, and they're all square. Oh, man, it's so <laughs> confusing. So it, it, yeah. it, it is not as intuitive as it could, no. could be. No, but it's, not, I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not really They're giving you a ton of stuff to do. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of controls. There's stuff that just hadn't even begun gun to work on like dyes and collecting and forging and mm-hmm. all of that kind of thing but I can't figure out how to do any of it yeah it just wasn't did you figure out the skill sets like how how to use your skill points no I could I not for no the life clue. of me figure that out like I I spent a good half an hour last night staring at this interface because yeah. it would be it was highlighted in my little menu uh-huh. which I really liked the little graphical menu they had on the lower Very right nice. hand corner of the screen where your bag was and your skill sets were yeah. and you know a bunch of other things were in that you know that area I really liked that feature but I kept clicking on the skill set and I'm like I have no clue what to do with this. Mm-mm. Like I don't I don't huh. see a place to apply a point. I don't see, you know, kind of the traditional things that you're looking for when you're, you know, you're leveling up and you're, you know, applying those skills. I just couldn't figure out how to do it. And I don't know if it's, you know, it's just out of beta, just out of beta. Maybe that it's something that hasn't really been applied yet. I don't know, but it no. just see, it that's make the sense other to thing. Me. The other big thing is this game um, has already been played in the Chinese market. Mm-hmm. This game started in Ch- it, it was developed for China, so mm-hmm. it's been played. Right. So and it should be smoother than this. Yeah, and I think the the adaptation to the the English market has caused them a lot of problems. I just yeah. Well, you notice the language when it was it was going uh, 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 right to left on the screen. Yes. So it was showing the end of the sentence before the beginning of Come it. on, people. And there was part of me that was like, 
okay, if we're trying to like get into the culture, I can see how that might have been something kind of cool to do. Um, but, but voiceover in English and show the Mandarin. Yeah. So, so yeah, exactly. So, so you can you can get kind of the gist of what's actually happening because, and then they didn't leave it up on the screen long enough for you oh. to be able to read the very beginning of the sentence to the end of the sentence. No. <laughs> it was kind of hilarious. It happened like twice, and I'm like, oh, that's just poor form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was several spots. Well. W- Let's let's look at the gender issues and the the issues with the the male and the female sexes and how they're treated in the game. What was your what was your um, review of that of, of how that was handled? I thought the story seemed very male centric. Um, I didn't see enough female presence in the cutscenes. Um, almost all the guys, almost all the people you're fighting are male. Um, you're not going up against sort of other female adversaries or at least you weren't into the point of the story I had gotten to yeah um I didn't feel like I saw enough just female characters in general and I picked the school for training that only allowed female students and that was the only time that I actually saw female NPCs that you got quests from and talked to yeah and so that was a little disappointing for me although I'm not sure to be perfectly honest if that was part of the cultural development of the game that women wouldn't have been in those roles in the, you know, during the Ming dynasty. And that's why, I don't know. Yeah. But I would have liked a little bit more female presence and a little bit more female story. I did like the avatars. Um, I thought the clothing was, um, was well designed. Um, it did have some sort of sexualized components to it, but it wasn't kind of over the top. Yeah. I got one of the first uh, bonus costumes I got was, um, had a bare midriff and bare legs and arms and it was kind of low cut, but I, that was cool. I, I, I thought it was tastefully done mm-hmm. and I was yeah. like, Oh, awesome. That looks great. Yeah. It and really, yeah. That's fine. That yeah. was fine. There were lots of very nice details about the clothing, um, yeah. both on, on the people, the NPCs on your character mm-hmm. and even on the mount that we got, cause we got from uh, perfect world. We got that, that, uh, extra blazing mount that looked oh. like a, um, a dragon. Oh my God. Absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful. Loved my- my, my blazing horse. Yes, me too. I mean, that I like they give you a horse that's like just all brown. And I was like, whatever, dude, I got a dragon horse. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to ride this horse for. Um, so I really appreciated the, the attention to detail and the way that they had sort of created those. I thought that was really great. But I would have I really would have liked to have seen more female characters in the story itself. Yeah, I don't know. If if they all talked the way the other female characters did, and then, <laughs> I don't know if I could have stood it because that's that's my biggest complaint is that all the male voices obviously have been past puberty, <laughs> but the female voices all talk like babies. They're all like these little Japanese schoolgirls. Oh, he mm-hmm. ah. even your your character in battle, yeah, yeah. Yep. is got this baby voice and I'm all like how absolutely how demeaning is this right yeah that you've turned me into some some in fetish or manga or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. and I you know I that I don't think they all talked like that in the Ming dynasty Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So that's not an authenticity thing. It might be a cultural thing mm-hmm. in China yeah. as far as the game, acceptance for the game in yeah. China. But if you're going to change markets, yeah, 
You need You're, to pay you, attention to that. You need to pay attention to the culture. Yeah. And I think that they just cut corners well, trying to bring the game to obviously. America. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are some very obvious times where, you know, like we said, when you're reading the text and it's, you know, revealing from right to left and you can't follow the, the, the sentence. Um, well, it's just, it's easier to translate mm-hmm. uh, a text document in Mandarin and can translate it into English text mm-hmm. than it is to pay actors to revoice it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I, you know, it's, it really is a, a very different thing, but, um, but you're right. They should have paid attention to translating it, not just visually, but also translating it into the culture. So it was a little bit more fitting for, American culture. Yeah. Well, what's your bottom line on uh, Swordsman from uh, Perfect World? I wanted I wanted to like the kung fu feeling and the 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 environment more than I ended up liking it, and I think that had more to do for me with the fact that it was on rails and it was it was so hard yeah. to get off of the quest rail um, because I just ended up just clicking through and clicking through and clicking through and not really engaging with it the way I might. Um, otherwise it might it, it's gorgeous it's such a beautiful game yeah um, and I love the music and I love the ambiance of the game I love the feeling of it visually you know the graphics are smooth and beautiful um, and it might be more engaging at higher levels I'm not sure that I'm interested enough to give it enough time to to level up just to find out. <laughs> yeah. I want yeah. to be. <laughs> I really want to be. <laughs> yeah, I would like to be too, but you've you gotta sell me from uh, yeah. from the opening. You gotta, yeah. Um, you know, and I was notorious when I played MMOs in having characters that got to, you know, level twenty ish. Um, because I always loved the introductory parts of the games and I used to go and play the different, you know, races so that I could follow the introductory cool. stories in them. I like that. I love that part of a game. So I know my, from myself and my play style, if you don't catch me in those first 20 levels, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think it, that it is more like Diablo 3 than I would like it to be. I think it's a mastery game. It is definitely. I would agree that too. Um, I think there are a couple of like really great things for self gamers, like the fact that you um, you see your avatar in the cutscenes and it changes mm-hmm. as you change. Um, I think that that is. I think it's anti self gamer with the fact that you know the selections for um, your avatars are limited. Like I really wanted blue eyes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you can't. I did appreciate that it was sort of holding the cultural norm that way. Um, but I think you're right. I think a mastery player would just would love that, would just love the the rails, the straight back and forth to the fight from fight to fight to fight to fight. I think that 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 would definitely just hit right on for for mastery. Well, we'd love to hear from our mastery and role playing people. Um, Swordsman is free to play. Uh, the Heroes Pack that we referenced is um, pretty pricey right now. I think it's at $60, uh, but it's the um, the game is played on the ARC system. Uh, both ARC and Swordsman take a while to download, just start it up at night and get it going. But again, it's free to play. You guys let us know what you think. <laughs> Well, for our summer recommendations, and we're going to uh, 
continue our summer entertainment recommendations until, uh, and I actually wrote this in the script, Regina, I'm going to try to say this, autumnal. <laughs> autumnal. Autumnal. Yes. Equinox, which is in September. Yeah. Yep. So there's my detail. It'll be <laughs> September 21st, 22nd. There's yep. my research coming out. Nice. So nice. as far as games are concerned for the beach, what have you got this week? Uh, mine's a little on point yet again for the beach. Um, my suggestion is get bit. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> oh, you don't know get bit. <laughs> I don't think I do. You're trying to survive a shark attack. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's the basic idea behind it is uh, you have a little a little character and you have your head and your arms and your legs and you have a shark that is essentially chasing you. Um, and so I just I, the, the the image in my mind of playing that at the beach just cracks me up. Um, so. So, yeah. So is it a card game? Um, you know, I'm trying to remember. I've only played it once. I think it was cards. Yeah, it's a card. Okay. It's a card game. And then your your little. Uh, person, um, you know, the the uh, shark moves a certain amount each game, and then you move a certain amount each game, and you have oh, to move back yes, and forth. I remember this. It was on tabletop. Yes. So yeah, it was yeah. one of the tabletop okay. games. Um, very cute game. Very yeah. cute game. Very fun. Um, the link that I'm going to put up on the site has a deluxe collector's tin, so it's actually in a tin box, um, which would be useful to have at the beach um, to kind of protect it. But um, yeah. It's. I just thought that that would be uh, hilarious. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Well, I recommended a tin box as well. Mm. Um, Coyers by WizKids. And this actually probably is not a game you want to play on the beach towel. I'm thinking more about when you get back to the, um, back to the, the bungalow. Yeah. You can play this with a lot of players or just a handful of players, and they're quick games. Um, it's strictly a dice building game. It, it is basically a tin bucket full of dice. Nice. And you. Oh, I've uh, seen this. I've seen this. Yeah. I've, yeah. Yeah. I haven't ever played it, but I've seen it at the game store. It, it's a lot of fun um, that you pick a series of um, a set of spells and a set of abilities. Uh, that all range in, in different powers, and you roll your dice to get um, money so that you can buy those abilities and then fight each other. Nice. And then you roll your dice and, and you fight for points. So it's a, a, a competitive game. But cool. Yeah, pretty, pretty quick game. That's kind of yeah. nice. Yeah. What about for the mountains? Uh, for the mountains, I'm suggesting that you pack up your Wii U and you take it with you to your cabin and you lock yourself in a room and you play Mario Kart 8. Oh, that's a great idea. Because <laughs> I thought I that would be that. great for the mountains. Because um, uh, some of the locales, you know, of course, in Mario Kart are mountains. So it does yeah. have it does have that going for it. It's also one of those games a little like Monopoly where um, you tend to make enemies of your family and friends yeah, when yeah. you're playing. So you do have to kind of pay attention to that. <laughs> Um, but it would be super fun. And I think, you know, especially if you go out hiking and you come back and, you know, you want to kind of chill out, it's a good way to kind of pop in and have fun. And it's really fun. Mario Kart 8. I don't know if you've had a chance to play it, but it's absolutely beautiful. You know, it's got upgraded graphics. It's got so much customization. I think I read there's like 1700 different, um, combinations on the carts. 
Oh my goodness. Because you can you can wow. customize pretty much every aspect of the cart or three aspects of of the cart that you're using, the cart, the wheels, and then your parachute essentially. Um, <laughs> which really is cool. really fun. Uh, so so there's a lot of customization and you can kind of play around with it a lot. And it makes a big difference on how you actually run. It really do, does impact the cart as you're playing it. So uh, I hear Mario Kart brought up constantly. It's it's always in good terms. So. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It is definitely fun. So what about you for the mountains? Um, a, a bigger and a longer game. And this one is um, uh, a co-op board game defenders of the realm uh you are all heroes it's sort of a an rpg you pick the type of hero that you're going to be you have special abilities uh each person has a different set of abilities and you're trying to defeat um four bad guys uh dragons demons undead um it's it's fairly easy to learn it's probably um quicker to learn than quarriers is Mm. um but during gameplay you will um, probably have to refer to the rules frequently. Um, but it's it's very basic. You get so many moves. Uh, you try to go to a location, kill all the minions, and try to get enough points to go finally kill the boss. Nice. Um, and it's a, a, it's a long-running game, but it's, it's not like Arkham Horror, like two hours or something. It's about right. 90 minutes. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Sounds and good. it's a tough game. It's yeah. tough. Cool. Cool. All right. What about internationally? So internationally, I went with a digital game um, to give you maybe a little taste of home. You can play Words with Friends. Oh, that's a good idea. So too. yeah, you can still have your connection because it's you know got a chat feature, so you could potentially you know chat with your friends at home while you're traveling internationally. It's also something that you know is a international game in and of itself, uh-huh. so you could find some new play new people and new friends to play with as you're traveling. So oh, that's a nice idea. Yeah, I thought that that would be that would be something that you could travel with and kind of pop in and just play a little bit here and there too. You know, as our social media games are usually set to do. So cool. Yeah. Well, it's funny i went with a digital game too uh-huh i found a new one this week um it may not be new to anybody else it was new to me <laughs> called glass bricks okay i don't know it it's by um gadget crafts and apparently it's just now gaining popularity actually i found it by accident i'm always <laughs> free games on uh my kindle uh-huh but it's on Android, iPad, iPhone, Kindle, and it is very much a bejeweled slash candy crush game. Uh, well, yeah, it's I'm addictive like that. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know whether it's got a, a pay-as-you-go type thing or not, but I'm at level uh, 25 and I just can't get past it. So I may have already run in two days, I may have already run as far as I can with it. But the current game goes to 69, 69 mm-hmm. levels. And it looks like that they have uh, plans to branch out. So we'll see. Yes. But it's it's a lot of fun. Cool. It looks. I'm really looking at the that. graphics on it right now. I just searched for it on my phone yeah, as we were talking. It, very easy to play. Yeah. Um, to me, on the, the Kindle, the graphics are clear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very quick to learn. And it's one of those where you can play um, repetitively like Candy Crush or Bejeweled and put it down and then come back. Right, right. So you don't have to kind of get lost in it or stuck in it or anything. Well, before I close our recommendation section, I have got a special recommendation I want to do this week. Um, 
a few weeks ago on Twitter, there was a special that went out from Doxy, and a lot of you may be familiar with Doxy. They're they're uh, very single-minded. They do uh, portable, uh, small scanners. You scan papers, documents, receipts, or photographs. Cool. Um, they've got several different levels, and I've been looking for one of these, an inexpensive one, and the deal was great, so I went ahead and ordered one. Uh, it sat on my desk for quite a while because <laughs> it wasn't extremely high priority to start scanning in pictures. But <laughs> I broke it out and started scanning, and they have their own software you download. And the next day, I got an email from their customer service saying, oh, we noticed that you registered. Do you have any questions? I was like, well, you know, I noticed that I've got this really weird edge on the pictures I'm scanning, but I think it was what I was doing wrong. I mean, it's the first time I scanned, so I mm-hmm. hadn't investigated it. I wasn't going to say anything, but the email was very clear. It just had three questions. Yes, I love it. Um, no, I've got questions, or uh, I haven't had a chance to look at it. So I just wrote, and I said, yeah, I've got a question. I got a response within an hour. Nice. And they said, well, I don't quite understand what the issue is. Can you send me a picture? Send her a picture in less than an hour. This looks like a fault with a scanner. Um, If you'll send me your order number, I will ship you a new one. Wow. And I was like, wow, are you sure? I said that this is great. Mm -hmm. You know, she said, well, here is a mailing label mail yours back and um, yours is on the way. And we're sorry for the inconvenience. And I was like, two hours the next day after registering, I got a real person in email, and they they were immediately took responsibility and said, look, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. Here's a new scanner. Nice. That's so amazing. Doxy, everybody. If yeah, you, seriously. If you uh, are looking for to start scanning your receipts or you want to archive all of your photos, I highly recommend it. The awesome. new one works. Nice. That's fantastic. So if you guys have got any recommendations for gaming or other awesome companies with great customer service, (laughs) be sure and let us know. You've been listening to Game On Girl. You can find all our social media connections on our website, gameongirl.com. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. I'm on Tumblr, Instagram, Twitter. You can email me at Rhonda at gameongirl.com. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz with two Zs, as I'm known pretty much on every place Rhonda just said. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So what do we have coming up for events and and different goings on, Rhonda? Well, I found out today there is a con in Guam this weekend. Now, you just have to say that again. There is a con in Guam this weekend. That's awesome. I know. But I love the way that sounds. Con and Guam. I know. Con and Guam. It's recon. And it sounds like that they focus mostly on manga and anime, but they also do some sci-fi fan stuff. So um, I thought that was really great. But they they are 14 hours ahead. Wow. So it is, um, you need to be sure and book early. (laughs) Because it's going to take you almost two days to get there. Right. And you're going to lose half a day. (laughs) So run, 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 run. (laughs) Connections in Hawaii, so it's awesome. Oh, you know, it's all right. (laughs) Uh, I think there's only one movie coming out, but it's it's a twist. It sounds like on the uh, zombie story, Life After Beth. Oh. Um, A a guy's girlfriend comes back 
inexplicably from death. And it's the story of what happens after that. Um, and we, I'm obviously I'm desperate for television. I'm going back just trying to dig up all kinds of things, but, um, August 14th, TNT is premiering legends. Um, those of you who are familiar with Sean Bean from, uh, uh, Game of Thrones and and Lord of the Rings. Yes. Um, he's the star of that. He always dies in the first thing. I know. He died in the first season and in the first movie. Poor guy. Yeah, memorable though. Yes, yes. And I finally got my uh, schedule for Dragon Con. Um, Game on Girl will be presenting uh, What is Your Gamer Type Friday night at 7. And then I'll be sitting on the video game panel about gender and sex issues uh, on Sunday night. Nice. And I've got a live podcast, but it's not been scheduled yet. Okay, cool. Cool. That's going to be great. Great. Excellent. We'll definitely make sure to find Rhonda at Dragon Con. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say. If any of you have uh, listened or listened to, if any of you have played Swordsman, we'd love to hear your feedback on the game. Um, it's, you know, interesting to see what you guys might have to say about it as well, especially if some of you are higher levels. I'd love to hear from perspectives on what it's like once you get past those initial levels. Game on Girls available on iTunes and Stitcher streaming. These links, along with references made in the show, can be found on our website, GameOnGirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media, and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons Attribution License. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, game on! Game on!